Welcome to the Truth Map Podcast with me, Holly J, your resident psychological comedian and freelance philosopher. As a specialist in human behavior and volitional motivation, I help you figure out why you do what you do. Like why you open up the fridge just to stare at it, or why you text your ex back when you know he's gaslighting you, or why you open your phone to check the time, just to scroll Instagram, just to turn off your phone, just to realize you still need to know what time it is. We'll break down human behavior in ways you've never seen before and unlock the power of the physics of emotioning theory developed by one of our founders, Dr. Michael Lukens. And hopefully, if I do my job right, we'll have some laughs along the way. Ever had one of those you had to be there moments? This is an explanation of why you had to be there is the reason you have trouble with the whole loving yourself thing. When I was young, I had an inside joke with my best friend, Rachel. If we couldn't explain to anyone else an inside joke, we called it an HTBT thing, a had to be there thing. Reality check, I'm pretty sure we didn't have any other friends. We were each other's like literally best friends. So I'm not sure who we thought we'd have to explain our jokes to. But the you had to be there idea is a concept I'll tie back in at the end. But let me first explain some concepts that will lead to what we call here at Truth Map an aha moment. So first off, you have your body, which Dr. Lukens refers to as the ground view. And then you have your mind, which I say is like the sky. If you can focus your attention on your bigger picture and see yourself through the sky view from up above, you can find awe and wonder about yourself simply being alive. I often say that I exist is the only criteria I need to meet in order to love my existence. And when I say that, I mean it. And this exclusive club of people who have had these aha moments include a bunch of Buddhist monks and those who have achieved what philosophers refer to as enlightenment. I'm picturing a Buddhist monk saying, love yourself first, honey. (laughs) If, If you have to ask if you're enlightened, then you aren't. And this truth is a bit tricky to come to know and even harder to accomplish when you're smack dab in the middle of present culture instead of a secluded hut on a mountain in Tibet. So kudos to you if you've achieved it like me, while being surrounded by a sea of modern-day content that does very little to impress upon you that you are lovable. Enlightenment is the awareness of your existence that strips away all the acceptance criteria you place on yourself in order for you to love you just for you. We have mental health issues because we lack enlightenment, and we can't reach enlightenment if we have mental health issues. We can't fix our mental health issues without some genuine interest in becoming enlightened. It's nuts. We're nuts. Humans are crazy, like literally all of us. It's a vicious circle, and we need mental health resources because we lack enlightenment, and our lack of enlightenment influences our acting out in contemptuous ways, which in turn sets up more roadblocks along the path to becoming enlightened. It's ridiculous. In the real world, what do you do when there's a roadblock sign in front of you? Well, you probably turn around. It's the best thing to do. But what if there's a roadblock sign in the other direction now, too? Do you turn around again? Do you see how, in a short time, you could be driving in circles? What about putting the car in park and sitting still long enough and eventually deciding to get out of the car? Sounds like a plan, right? But your mind can't get out of your body. The vicious circles in the mind have all of us exhausted, and for some of us, they have us deciding the only answer is to get out of the body. Roadblocks in the mind can be and are many things. 
like the contemptuous ideas and thoughts we have, and share or even force onto others, or bake into our government structures, religious rules, and laws. Contempt for women and minorities is baked into a lot of minds. And my definition of baked in means hardened by heat. This contempt is just the right ingredient that will make your taste buds scream, mmm, and validation and roadblocks to accomplishment. We set up roadblocks all over the world for one another. You should look like this. You should be like this. Act like this. Think like this. Value this. Monkey see, monkey do. And because we lack enlightenment, our eyesight, focus, and attention is only on a ground view. We don't look up. Think about it. If you're walking around outside, there's literally no reason to look up to the sky, right? You don't get anything of value by looking up there, right? Just a beautiful view and a sense of, damn, I hope there isn't an alien invasion today. If we disregard the sky above so much, it makes sense that we wouldn't pay attention to the metaphysical sky, right? But what if seeing the beautiful view will make you see yourself as beautiful and help you get and accomplish better stuff on the ground? Wouldn't you want to do that? But the problem is we're distracted. All the shiny, contemptuous things flash in front of us on the road ahead. We can't help but go Mario Kart gangbusters. Like we're in a video game, picking up player quest packs as we move along our life path from birth to death when our car finally gives out. Holly just picked up the find a boyfriend or she'll die alone and people are going to think something's wrong with her quest pack. Honestly, those distractions continue to keep us in our body-sensing only mode, meaning we disregard our minds and we spend more time paying attention to the physical world. But then our attention gets stuck on the road before us, directing our view to a chronic landscape of our current pains and concerns, our historic troubles and incompletions, and our future worries and fears. So let's see how being physical world focused gets us trapped by looking at what was in that quest pack that I picked up earlier. Somebody somewhere put it down for me. Maybe it was a sitcom I watched growing up. Maybe it was a romantic comedy I watched in college. Maybe it was a quest pack that all my girlfriends picked up and accomplished, so it made sense it's something I needed to do but I was bad at. Why did I pick it up? Well, to begin with, I don't want people to think there's something wrong with me, so my quest is to date any guy who comes along, even if out of his own unenlightenment he keeps hurting me again and again. The quest pack also means I'll take the pain of a crappy boyfriend who doesn't know how to love me because that's better than the pain of loneliness. But loneliness wouldn't be painful if I was enlightened because, as Dr. Lucan says, loneliness is not the enemy if you're good company to yourself. See how all of this goes back to the bird's eye view? I'm lonely on the earth, so I'm not paying attention to myself, my goals that I set for myself. Not that some rom-com set for me. I'm not practicing self-care. I'm not paying attention to my friends and family. I'm not thinking about my long-term goals. I'm not journaling or exploring who I am, what I like and dislike, what I love and am passionate about. I've been ignoring my bird's eye view. And then I don't accomplish the goal of, get a boyfriend, and so I start to think something's wrong with me. And then my self-esteem drops, which means I settle. And that settling causes me pain. So both my low self-esteem and the emotional pain the person I'm settling for causes my mental health to deteriorate. Without enlightenment, we stay unenlightened, which causes the deterioration of our mental health, which keeps us from loving ourselves, which is what true enlightenment is. But this view from the sky thing inside your own head is truly a crazy miracle. This being alive and having a mind to know it. Essentially, what I'm saying is that it's a miracle to have a mind that exists, but also having that awareness of your own existence. 
The problem is that part of you that is aware of your own existence has been hijacked by the ground floor view of things. That's why you pick up stuff from the culture that leads you to think things about you that you don't see or define as beautiful. How can you? The quest pack told you what to do and where to go, and now it's stuck in your head. You picked up those GPS coordinates and found yourself in Anxietyville, crying into your boyfriend's voicemail, wondering why he didn't come home that night because he was cheating on you. And the longer you live, the more quest packs you pick up till one day you finally ask, am I made up of anything other than motherfudging quest packs? Rascal Flags is no Mahatma Gandhi, but man, they really got it right. Life is a highway and we're all taking a road trip to our death. Some of us even managed to map out a way to get there quicker because we couldn't see any meaning in this life, which really means we didn't see any meaning in ourselves. It's not your fault. There is the ground that is all around you. You have the felt sense of your body existing in time and space, but you also experience the felt sense that your mind exists and no one can read it or be inside it with you. And this brings us back to the you had to be there thing. No one can truly be there with us. That's a lonely thing to realize, and we ourselves have a hard time being there with us too, in the present moment, inside our heads, because of the nature of how our mind works. In meditation, it's referred to as the monkey mind. It's, it's all the images or words or things you say to yourself inside your head. Dr. Lukens calls the talking head part the observer. When you talk inside your head, it's called subvocalization. And this voice doesn't control what you do per se. That's why we can say one thing, but then do another. The observer is what can turn into your inner critic. And meditation is a, a means of quieting that. But meditation isn't about checking out. If when you're meditating, the person guiding it kind of interrupts you, then you weren't experiencing what meditation is, is kind of meant to do. It's about zoning back into you. When after a few seconds, the mind wanders, you just wait till you snap back to the silence and the darkness behind your eyelids. That's the present moment. That's the bird's eye view. Your attention span is like eight seconds on average. Then it's hijacked by a thought you didn't even think to think. All of us want to have an understanding of human attention because the length of time you can hold the attention of the mind, it now translates to revenue for big businesses. But we can't be non-thinking or have a sky view for a certain amount of time for the purpose and benefit of our own selves, let alone for others. It's hard. And in the mental realm, the reverse of the physical is true. If you drive a car in the physical world and you have your head in the clouds, you're going to drift into a donut shop. But if you're driving your mind's car and you focused on the road, you're going to drift into bad relationships, jobs that don't fulfill you, anxiety, depression, addiction, you name it. All of this acts to compound and keep your attention from being able to rest on you, yourself, and the beauty of you being you. The most profound moment of your life wasn't that drunken night at the club in Miami. It was that first kiss with that one person that your mind is thinking of as I finish this sentence. Go ahead. I'll give you both some privacy inside your mind. Okay, that'll do. Many of our most profound moments are not when there's a cause for major celebration or the recognition of some agreed-upon accomplishments or milestones. Instead, the most memorable moments of our lives involve some quiet and otherwise nondescript time when we realized something we hadn't before. Something about life, something about our world, about ourselves. Recently, my boyfriend did something really small for me. 
that I will never be able to explain to him was the most loving and impactful thing he could have done. He was there in the moment with me. He was the reason the moment meant what it did, but he was not in that moment with me. So he will never know how profound it felt for me. He came over to the couch as I was holding my cat and he wrapped his arms around us and hugged me and the cat and he gave her a little kiss on the forehead and I burst into tears. The shame and chronic invalidation our culture has heaped on women regarding the idea of owning cats is perpetuated by those who make fun of women who do. And it was a back of the mind felt sense that I had that I was that crazy cat lady that nobody wants. It's a quest pack I picked up. I didn't even know I did. Sometimes things stick to the bottom of your shoe, right? Crazy cat lady. I'm going to die alone with my cats. The guys I've dated in the past never said anything mean to me, you know, or my cats or shamed me for it, but none of them took an interest in my cats for the sake of loving on me. When he did this, it made me realize this tiny little quest pack of mine hadn't been causing anything super dysfunctional, but it would have been something I continued to worry about every time I dated someone. Will they think something's wrong with me because I have two cats? Will that turn them off? By that small gesture, I felt safe and I felt deeper feelings for him as a person because he helped me drop a quest pack. These profound moments are there to be experienced, but we often miss them because we are not in the moment within and with ourselves. People often say about these moments you had to be there because it's hard to explain the experience of the extraordinary. It's when the ordinary is finally not being taken for granted. Don't just save it or keep scrolling. If you didn't find it meaningful to you, that's not because what I said didn't ring true. It's that you're not interested in it ringing true because you don't want to see it. I would like to tell you, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the beautiful, magnificent hue. But our skies aren't the same. And on some level, you know that. So my call to you to look up just seems arbitrary. And you might be thinking, that girl thinks she's special. So of course she thinks something beautiful is in her sky. And I tell you, Thinking there's something special about me has brought all the other great stuff into my life that now exists. And now I think I'm special enough to drop as many of my freaking quest packs as possible. I now have more room to carry better stuff or make my own quest packs based on what I know will bring me joy. I've stopped avoiding the pain of what I was told should be painful for me. Take some time, get some perspective on yourself. What quest packs have you picked up? What roadblock signs have you encountered? What things are piling up that are keeping you from loving you? And quest packs come in all different flavors. I'm blonde, I'm tall and thin, and I have a good body, and I acknowledge that, and I acknowledge my privilege in that area. Body issues are not the same problem to me as they are for other women who don't meet what the culture designates as um, beautiful in their quest packs that it has distributed. But you're seeing me now post-glow up. Uh, Body issues were a problem for me when I was young and, and in college. It was relatively difficult. I was out of shape and super pale because I was too depressed to want to go out in the sun. In fact, I think I deleted like all of the pictures that exist of me in college up to, you know, maybe 2014, 2013. A lot of my quest packs were from bullying and validation father wound, guys hurting me, or self-inflicted quest packs that I created by decisions made out of an unenlightened mind. Why do you think monks live far removed from the world? Because they found the path to loving themselves is more easily attainable when there's less traffic on the road, both literally and mentally. 
The second thing is every day you need to pick one unenlightened quest pack you acquired along the way from the culture or something you created. Ask yourself why you picked them up and then ask yourself why you don't want to put them down. Sit with how it would feel if you could let it go. Then put it back in your glove compartment because trust me, baby boo, you are not ready to actually do that yet. I don't know what it is and I don't know who you are, but I promise you I know one thing. Letting go of all these things is the hardest freaking thing to do. A few days later, take it back out of the glove compartment. How would it feel if I let this thing go? What pain would I feel? Am I ready for that pain? So for me, eyes closed. Let me imagine myself dying at 97 with no husband and no children. Am I okay with that? No, I'm not. That makes me cry just thinking about it. Okay, back in the glove compartment it goes. We'll take it up again next week. And so on and so forth. When you are ready to feel that pain, that's when you let it go. So if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at the truth map, or you can find my Instagram, which is truth map with Holly. And if you are interested in downloading the truth map app, you can find us on the app store or Google play store. It's truth map hologram. And we have a coupon code for um, 20% off the subscription. So that would be TMAP podcast. That would be the code, the promo code that you put in when you manage your subscription. This lets you upgrade to TruthMap with Navi, which is the uh, chatbot journal feature that we have on the app. The app is free to download and, and all the content on there is free, but to apply the content to your everyday life and your decision-making, that's the feature that you upgrade to. That's the premium feature. So um, again, the code is TMAP podcast, and you can find us on both Google Play and the App Store.